0: Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need. To have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver, it's the odorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver ball toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries the crop mop ball wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscape.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the code unfiltered20. It's time to join the Manscape movement. These podcast products are no joke. Welcome to episode 225 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I am joined by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. And Matt Smith. Good evening. <laughs> That's right. If you're looking for more Matt, go to OnlyFans.
1: I just got to shake my head. <laughs> What's this... Uh... With this uh, you and Beth thing, I am, I'm I'm hearing about. What? Oh, you didn't listen to one of the shows we did. Uh, one of our two shows we did, Matt. I'm disappointed because I, I I broke open the uh, you and Beth get a thing going on rumor. I, I started that rumor.
2: <laughs> you That's liked news, one to it. of, it's news
1: to me.
0: You liked one of her posts, and now. You guys are engaged. Hyver gotcha. Hewitt
1: asked us a question. I said that she had a massive crush on you, so I figured you guys were uh, now connected. Gotcha. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to play cupid over here.
2: Okay. okay. Gotcha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> News stop, to stop, me. You know,
0: honestly, all we have to do is send a quick, uh, quick message off to her mom. Uh, ha- Happy mama, and we, yeah. we, can, we can make this happen. Okay. She's looking for. Uh, she's looking for her. Canadian passport, so you can always help her out.
1: <laughs> Could be another episode of Ninety Days, Ninety Day Fiance, <laughs> the other way,
0: the other way. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Matt's like, uh, shut up, guys. Go. Away. This is not how I expected the show to start. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> Beth, if uh, if you find this amusing at all, feel free to uh, send us a quick message and play along. <laughs> for those not watching, uh, Treg is playing Cupid. So this episode, we're going to have a few, uh, few items to cover. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Olympics. Uh, we'll do a preview of the Arizona game. The Battle for the Basement will be on Monday night, and we'll talk, uh, we've got a question that One of uh, a friend of the show has put out on Twitter. We'll cover that a little bit. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about development, prospects, the whole thing. So why don't we just jump right into it now and talk about the Olympics. So for anyone who may not have noticed, uh, I wrote a full article on the hockey writers about this and Farrell, Sean Farrell, Canadians draft pick. Has been named to the uh, U.S. national team for the Olympics in Beijing, so Habs fans have something else to do other than watch the Olympics for national pride. There's an actual prospect to watch,
2: and we might see, we might even see more um, uh, for Team Canada. Uh, Caden Gooley could very well make that team. Um, team Canada hasn't been announced yet, however. Um, Claude Julien is going to be the head coach. And Shane Doan's going to be the GM. So when it goes to when it comes to Shane Farrell, the guy was a steal when they drafted him in the fourth round back in 2020.
0: Or um, new, abs- uh, Cole Caulfield, that's, yeah, that's correct.
2: Yeah, absolutely lit it up with the Chicago Steel last year, put up 101 points, and um, playing for Harvard this year, and he's got 19 points in 14 games. He looks like a steal, as he said. If there was someone that deserves it from the college ranks to to jump in. I would say that he, he was one of them and he deserved it and good on him. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he takes the, uh, you know, the bull by the reins and he really, uh, he really shines over there and it really, you know, and and it kind of fast tracks his development a little bit more.
0: And and the Americans went with uh, uh, something they used to do back in the old days. uh, And that they went mostly NCAA. Like they used to use only do college kids. Now, There's some pros from Europe that they're going to throw in with these guys, but the majority of this team are NCAA players. So it's kind of a a throwback to the 1980 miracle on ice. It's got that kind of a feel to it. Uh, And the Russians are, are definitely the favorites because the KHL is suspending operations for the Olympics and the Russians are going to be putting their team together from there. And even though we don't have Ovechkin to watch, still going to be some decent hockey. And hey, who knows, maybe, just maybe, Team USA will play a little bit of Herb Brooks in the background before that game, and we get to watch a a really fun U.S.-Russia game.
2: You never know. You look at the German teams, the Swiss teams, etc., they're going to be a lot stronger than what they normally would be. So we'll hopefully see some decent hockey. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Canadian roster is going to look like. And we talked a little bit about this off air. Um, there was been a lot of people that have been posting fake teams with the A and W guy being on there and (laughs) Freddie Brathwaite and, uh, you know, Kevin Baskett, all that kind of stuff. It's good for a laugh, but you know, make sure that when you, uh, when you see that kind of stuff posted, make sure you check the check mark and, uh, know the source that you're reading it from.
1: I uh, and just to note, it's not actually a Russian team. It's the Olympic uh, athletes from it? Russia. Athletes from Russia, because Russia is not allowed to have a team. So,
0: but they're letting them have a team.
2: Yeah, <laughs> not a Russian team. You can't fly the flag, so it's not real.
0: <laughs> it's a Russian team without the flag. <laughs> not a Russian team.
2: <laughs> they were sure. banned.
0: Sure, that's not much of a fucking ban. <laughs>
1: You're not Russian, but you can say you're from Russia.
0: You know, you know a friggin' Olympic game that I would love to watch is Ukraine versus Russia. That game would become dirty fast.
1: I hope Putin's not in the audience.
0: Yeah. He's probably Ukraine. Playing for Russia. You, He's Ukraine playing would it.
2: be Ukraine would be like, you took off my bench. <laughs> <laughs> Where do all our bang? water
0: bottles go?
1: The snipers. <laughs> <laughs> fire at will
0: which one's name will <laughs> <laughs> all the ukrainian uh trainers are kidnapped and they're dis- they're over on the russian side <laughs> uh,
2: this is going bad yeah um yeah. that was my best ukrainian accent by the way
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i i'll be honest i don't have a big interest in the olympics this year at all uh i don't know why i'm just not interested in it there's um, no nhl
2: players I'm just going to, it's
1: not just that. I'm just, I I didn't mind the last uh, Olympics they had, there was no NHL players. I watched it. I was, I don't know. I don't know what it, maybe it's because it's in China and I don't give a crap about China. Maybe it's, maybe it's COVID. I don't know. But for some reason I have no interest in the winter Olympics is usually something I look forward to. Uh, I just have no interest in it. Uh, I'd be interested to see the Canadian team, Eric Stahl's name has been thrown around but he just signed a PTO with the, uh, yeah, Iowa wild. So that's, to get ready. that's,
2: that's so we can that's be to get ready for eligible Memphis. for it. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of guys that are free agents right now that didn't pick up teams like Eric Stahl, um, Devin Dubnik maybe could be a goaltender for them. Um, I'm just trying to think of some guys that are free agents that didn't sign this year. Um, that's the only two I can think of, but, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of players like that uh, thrown in with some young guys. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Caden Gooley makes a team. Uh, maybe Owen Power. Mc, Owen Power, McTavish. He could, yeah. uh, it's possibly he could make the team. Uh, you know, some guys who they saw played well in uh, in the, the short world junior championship that they saw. Give them the chance to see what they can do at the, at the national level at the Olympics. And, uh, I, again, I'm just free thinking here. I don't have any... I'm not the insider that uh, some people are. I'm
0: more, I'm more interested in the women's uh, Olympic games on this one. Uh, Jill Sonnier and uh, Blair Turnbull from Nova Scotia are both on the team. So it'll be really fun to watch them, uh, you know, do their thing there. I'd like to see Canada finally really dominate the Americans in that tournament. So that's, that's what I'm going to be watching not so much the men's tournament but the women's tournament
2: That makes sense Sure I'll watch the two-man yeah. luge there's just something about that sport that's just incredible It's the
1: term luge
2: <laughs>
0: Well as long as you're not from Georgia
2: do you want to go luging <laughs> That's right Maybe Evander Kane will go to the Olympics What He could They allow ga- could, They do cool.
0: allow gambling in, Ch- in in China so
2: I'm thinking I'm thinking of Vander Kane, Bobby Ryan. Um Eric Stahl. Patrick Marlowe.
1: Oh, that's another one, yeah.
2: Yeah. But Bobby Eric Ryan's Stahl. American. Nate Prosser. These are all gonna be people that are gonna make the team. You just want Logan um, Logan Mayu. Logan Mayu. <laughs> I
0: I would put money that Bobby Ryan doesn't make Team Canada. I probably won't. He probably won't.
1: And and Matt's defense, he didn't say Team Canada. He just said play in the Olympics. There you go. Well, they've already named Team
2: USA. Oh, Oh, right. Shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He he is American. He's going to play for the Olympic players from Russia.
2: Done. (laughs) Done. (laughs) I keep forgetting that Bobby Ryan's from like New Jersey or something. Yeah. But, anyways. Next, next subject. Yeah, forget
1: about it. <laughs> forget
0: about it. Speaking of very vague and unknown, uh, Arizona. So can <laughs> will preview this game. It is the Battle of the Basement. Arizona and Montreal will be playing for the rights to be dead last in the NHL on Monday night. Um, the Canadians are starting to finally get some of the NHL lineup back. I'm hoping that this game, we see a, we see Primo get the start as opposed to Montabo, but who knows with, uh, with Ducharme what he's going to do there. He's got uh, Caulfield on a fourth line. So what do you expect? What do you hope to see, Matt?
2: I'd like to see some of these. Um, I, well, with some of these names coming back, some of the guys that have either been on COVID protocol or have been injured. Um, since Gordon's been there, he hasn't really had the opportunity to assess these players. So I'm hoping that uh, a guy like Anderson, who's going to be playing with Suzuki and Hoffman, that uh, he'll make an impact on his first game back. I'd like to see a little bit more of Dvorak, obviously, and uh, maybe see a little bit more from Jeff Petrie. He got a goal in his last game, and I'm kind of hoping that that kind of gets a fire under his ass because for the contract that he signed, I'd really like to see him do a little bit better, um, on the score sheet. Um, overall though, I'm predicting it's going to be a pretty boring game to watch, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, may the best team win. Let's just say that.
1: Is it going to be in Arizona? Like, do they actually have a race yeah. to play in? All right. I'm, I'm just wondering. I haven't, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious because every article you read is nobody wants them in Arizona, but, the nhl
0: um i think the Habs uh rented some ice
1: no it's an outdoor rink that already melted
0: <laughs> yeah they're playing roller hockey uh is it actually the bottom of the
1: standings are getting pretty interesting because montreal's last with 19 points they're only three points back from the ottawa senators uh so well, ottawa hasn't
0: played very many games eh uh
1: well they they six less than montreal five less than arizona I, i'm just going by So they've played six less,
0: and they're still ahead of Montreal. The Kraken only have
1: 24, and they played the exact same. So I'm just saying, like, we're here, you know, paying for Shane and, you know, price for right or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But uh, we go on, like, a two- or three-game win streak, and we're actually, like, in 29th, 28th place. So
2: look at look at the (laughs) – but like, we want to talk about games played. Look at the Islanders.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're the same as Ottawa, 30 games. So right. they had, yeah, and then you got a team like Anaheim who's played forty. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, but I mean Montreal's only there because they played with uh, everybody that they have on the roster injured or in COVID, right. and they just brought up the Lions, the Laval Lions, and threw them on the ice and hope hoped it went. So, but uh it's going to be addressing Arizona, Montreal. I don't expect a good game. I hope to God they start Primo and. Montembo. and for all for all our listeners
2: the game's on at four o'clock eastern time is a weird time that the game's starting four o'clock eastern
1: that's five in nova scotia so when you get your boxing rock beer uh and you're drinking your puck off it'll be five o'clock here
0: that would be a one o'clock start in arizona wouldn't
1: it it's it's an afternoon game in arizona why uh because nobody goes anyway it doesn't matter
0: president's day it's a holiday down there,
2: and then they play oh. Dallas the next. Year, and then they it's Trump Day. That's
0: weird. No, no, actual presidents. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, okay.
0: People who win. <laughs> oh, he
1: won. Just Let's <laughs>
0: trigger any listeners who may be a supporter, but we make fun of that shit up here. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's a holiday down there. Um, so that makes sense, I guess. Uh, Anderson may be able to play in this game. So that that's something that. He did well, he line r- he, he, he
2: did line rushes today yeah. with with uh, on the top line right yeah. so
1: and then you have uh Paling and Caulfield move to the fourth line so that's uh,
2: going to be an interesting development. But you also got Jake Evans coming back. And I'd rather see Evans play than than Paling. Well, I don't know. I
1: like Paling. I think
2: I, I, I don't know. No. Well. Like I would I would drop Paling down as of right now to the fourth line as opposed to being Evans. Oh oh I thought you meant been yeah. playing no 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 that's well, Paling, that's Cedric Packet's job.
0: Paling is on the fourth line with Caulfield. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh Cedric Pocket could sit in the press box for all I care because right now Pitlick has outplayed him in my opinion. Yeah
1: well, Pitlick I thought had a great game in Chicago for yeah. his first game with the team. He could be a steal, he could be a steal waiver pick. Who yeah. knows?
2: But honestly, yeah. everyone's everybody's outplayed Pacquiao. He was in a non-contact jersey today, but even the guys that were rotating in, like Dauphin was rotating in, he's been better than Pacquiao. vedamo um, has been better than Pacquiao. Um Samuel Montano offensively has been better than Paquette, right? So well he
0: does he does get a lot of goals.
2: Yeah. But I like as players behind are, him. Yeah, but as players are coming back, they're going to have to start making these decisions of who they're going to keep, who's going to get sent down, who's going to go in the taxi squad, et cetera. There's going to be decisions that are going to have to be made. Is You're going to have Defoli coming back eventually. You're going to have Byron coming back eventually. You're going to have, hopefully, hopefully, sometime this season, we're going to see Edmondston come back.
0: Byron might be coming back for that game as well. Didn't line up today,
1: but he didn't line
2: up today. No.
0: Yeah. Um. Honestly, though, if you're going to be making decisions on who stays, who goes, who plays, who doesn't, I would rather they play the younger guys like the demo Wave Pocket. If someone takes, well, that's them, exactly it. Not, that's exactly that's
2: exactly it. But right now, you can wave pocket, but there's, there's only so many there's only <laughs> so many positions that you have available, and you've got a lot of players coming back.
1: Yeah. But I'd rather wave Paquette than say wave a guy like Pizzetta or something. I, like I agree. I agree. Because <laughs> I
2: just think I think the drive that, that he has shown game after game, um, I think he'd get picked up. He I really do. So I
3: mean, Pizetta,
1: right now. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's yeah. why I'm saying I'd rather lose Paquette than lose Pizzetta. Yeah. I mean, hell, guys, I'll give Paquette
0: away. To put guys down onto the taxi squad, they'd have to put yeah. waivers uh, because not going to someone will pick him up. Yeah. The demo's is not going to someone will pick him up pocket. Yeah. He'll clear. Yeah. And if he doesn't, who cares? And
2: that, so I, you know what? Like I would, I would put him like no problem putting him down. I'd have no problem putting Niku down. I'd have no problem putting Montempo down. Right. Like
1: I, I like Nico and I like Kyle Clegg. I, uh, I pick Clegg over Neku. Yep. Personally. Oh, I would, I would as well. Um, what I don't understand is the Sharot Savard thing. I don't think those two should play together.
2: I don't think so either.
0: Showcase. It's all showcase yeah.
1: for Sharot. I would. Have said. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because um,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I see Romanov was on the first line with Petrie. I like that. Um, that's that's a good pairing. That's a good pairing. I like that. And then the third pairing was uh, Kulak and Weidman. Kulak and Weidman. See, I'd have Clegg and over Kulak. But I think they're I think they're showing Kulak off as well. Yeah, I, think, and I, I think heard a rumor cool. that Lekkinen might be signing an extension.
2: Yeah, I saw that too.
0: That's a rumor at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Um, whether he does or doesn't, I don't think it's going to make a difference on what decision they make on his future with the team. I'm sure they want to keep him, but... He's an RFA. He never...
1: I wrote an article saying, yeah, I think he's one of the guys that's going to be gone. Uh, just to make just to make room um yeah because again nothing against Lekkinen, but if I'm looking at my young guys Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather Videmo and Yolinen and Caulfield and Paling over Lekkinen. nothing and again you're going to lose a lot of defensive of your defensive forward and you'll be already short on that as it is without Lekkinen. but we get some guys coming up that I think I'd rather have in they got Pitlick now Woo. And Pitlick. Is Pitlick got a term? Like, does he have term, or is he just a one year? I think
2: he's. I think he's done after this year.
1: Is he a UFA, RFA? Oh, I RFA haven't really looked soon. into it right now. Yeah, I, I didn't look, look into it either. I will so, look I'll, it up right now. I was Matt's wondering if one of you. I was just wondering if one of you guys knew off the top of your head.
2: I'm looking it up right now. On cap friendly, sponsor us. We could use it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Pitlick is an RFA. He's making nine hundred seventeen thousand eight hundred thirty-one this year. RFA. So uh, there you go. They
0: they can control. It's team control next year. Um, yeah. So there's that. So we'll see what happens with the uh, the game on on Monday. Uh, as long as it's entertaining, I don't care the outcome.
1: I want to win. It'd be
0: nice. If we win if we win seventy games
1: from now on. We make the playoffs. It's doable. Actually, it's not because there's not seventy games left but
0: <laughs> in a row. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on from that. We'll go to the next, uh, the next portion of the show. And that is a question that uh, Treg, you noticed. Yes. So,
1: and I enjoyed it. I'm going to have to find it now because I suck.
0: I've got it time. written down here. So this okay. is a, a question that, and it's a great question. So wonderful job on this. And that is uh, Brian a.k.a. Eller's dad on uh, Twitter, he asks, here's a question. If you were a fan of Mark Bergevin, was there a point where you lost faith? And if so, when was that? Um, Treg, I'll give you the first go. Uh,
1: I was a, I'm a fan of Bergevin. I don't know if I lost faith. I think I lost faith when they – all right. I lost faith in 2017. Uh, when uh, the core started breaking down that he had originally didn't build on it. Uh, But then I kind of enjoyed what he did with the team because it looked like he was really starting to build the team for a future contender uh, the best he could. Uh, I kind of lost faith when he took the Pittsburgh win uh, in the COVID Cup there the first year and then tried to build off of that. I thought he tried to speed up what he had already started just based on that one little playoff series. And I think that's when things started going downhill and derailing, because then he started going to the cap, which everybody wanted him to do. Uh, but I think he went to the cap on the wrong people. I think he, he, he liked getting a lot of second, third line players and throwing the money at them. And uh, I lost faith when he started signing everyone to big contracts like Petrie and Gallagher and, Anderson and you know he just started throwing contracts out at everyone so I guess that was last year this year I know uh Brian Eller's dad there says he didn't like the fact that he didn't bring Tatar Deneau back uh I didn't want Tatar to come back I thought Tatar's use had been done he's you know what I mean um I thought we had players that can replace them uh Deneau it's about money I think it was about money and I don't think deno had any plan of coming back to be honest with you so anyway, so did I lose faith? I would say after he sped everything up after the Pittsburgh series uh, in the, uh, with the 24, that I think that's when I kind of started losing faith that we were going in the
2: right direction. What about you, Matt? So heading into this season, Bergevin was starting his 10th year as, um, as GM of the Canadians. Um, he had some bumps and bruises along the way, just like most GMs do. For me, though, it was it was this year. And I don't think personally that he should have been the first person to fall. I think he should have made a, uh, a coaching change. And I and I still kind of I'm, I'm still behind that right now that a coaching change is needed with Montreal with, with the Montreal Canadiens. And um, somebody had to fall and unfortunately it had to be Bergevin at that time. And you look at the team's record when he was fired, they was fired on November 28th. Uh, the team was six fifteen and two. They're currently sitting at seven. One second, seven twenty four and five. So they've won one game since the since he was since he was fired. Coaching hasn't changed. It's been something that most of the fan base has talked about. Most of the fan base is fed up with. I think that uh, change is needed. And yeah, I think Bergevin is going to do well with the LA Kings.
0: Yeah. As an advisor, I think he will do okay there. Um, For me, it was the draft this summer. I think it it just kind of, kind of cemented the fact that he has repeatedly tried to be a little too cute, you know, try to pull out wins, say, Hey, I won here. I won there. Uh, I did better in this trade or did better on this draft. I think he was just looking for wins in the wrong places. Instead of just focusing on uh, the methodology, doing it right, kind of like what Tregg was mentioning, um, instead of focusing on the right way of doing it, he was focused on these small, tiny victories instead of focusing on that one big one that he really needed. So the draft of Mayu saying, hey, Here's a guy that we saw as a top 10 talent. Nobody else was picking him. We're going to grab him at the end of the draft and say, Hey, look, we won the draft because five years down the line, this guy's probably gonna be the better player out of, you know, 10 people on either side of him." which I think is going to happen. But it's somebody that said, don't draft me, was going through all those problems. The team is already having issues um, before this. And then this just kind of, spiraled everything downhill so he was you could tell he was exhausted he was tired he was he was rushing decisions and he was trying to be too cute and that's where I lost faith in anything that he did from that point on I was like yeah he is done with Montreal he didn't seem like he wanted to be there and mercifully it came to an end so
1: but really it's like Matt said is it Bergevin's fault they've won one game since they
0: fired him one yes Yes, Gordon's done nothing. Time to fu- you know what? Fire Gordon. That's Hashtag. it. Oh, or because I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. Pound sign. Fire Gordon.
1: Hire the best guy available. I don't care what language he speaks. Gordon doesn't count because he doesn't have the GM tag. <laughs> yeah. Then hire the other best guy. Don't
0: hire some rookie. We need to hire someone, no matter the language that they speak. Okay, we got Gordon. What the hell? Or, it's about time we didn't
1: hire a French guy. I thought the language didn't didn't matter. not my point. (laughs) (laughs) No, the French guy is just a puppet. Or as uh, Hab Scott, or Scott Hab, or whatever the hell his name is, would say, why are some guy on Twitter who doesn't understand why we're hiring a rookie general manager well, we should be hiring a general manager, a successful general manager of experience. Well, they hired Gordon. Well, why can't they hire two? All right, now name me a successful GM that does not currently have a job in the NHL. His answer? Oh, that's not my job. That was his that was his exact answer. What? Exactly. Complain that they weren't hiring. People with experience, then I say, well, they hired Gordon. They hired Gordon. He's probably the best guy out there with the best experience. Oh, well, then they should hire
0: a second guy with
1: experience that's successful.
0: Okay. <laughs> and this kind of points to the fact that this is why I don't follow that guy. And I follow Brian because Brian's a much better follow.
1: Exactly. Look him up. Brian asks a, with- he asks a question. Yeah, asks a question. And he puts it out there. This is where I lost faith. I didn't agree on the points that he lost faith on, but that was his. That's his. Yeah. That's his thing. It's not my thing.
0: And the whole discussion that he had on that thread was, was a pretty well good discussion. Thought out, yeah, polite, good interaction. People Nobody
1: gave their insulted.
0: the reasonings
1: behind it. Yeah, and it made sense. And instead, you have someone like this Habscott or Scott Habs mm-hmm. guy.
2: Really, who else is out there right now that could that's be my available? Torelli. <laughs> well, like you look well, you Son. look right now. You look, but, but you look right now. So, so you got Talon who's in Florida. You've got Mur, um Bob Murray.
1: Who is an alcoholic that got who is now
2: who is well <laughs> that that's that's fixing himself or whatever. And then and, and then you've got Stan Bowman. <laughs> those are those are but those are the big, but those, well, honestly but those are the big names that are available.
1: But he said mm-hmm. okay, first I take talent out because he said successful.
2: Yeah.
1: So I don't consider talent a successful GM because Florida did nothing under talent.
2: Okay.
1: Right? You got Peter Charelli. I would not say he's successful because he only won a cup because of what Gorton did in the 4 months he was there before fucking Charelli took the job, right? Let's be honest, Gorton got yeah. Rask, Chara, Marshaw and Lucic
0: yeah four guys in the core.
1: yeah did he get bergeron i thought bergeron was already there
0: no he was part of the he was the reason they got bergeron as well
1: all right anyway he got the core players that they had that won them the cup in 2011 trelli got credit for it because trelli was the gm in 2011 trelli goes to edmonton and totally destroys that team well it wasn't really great when he got there but they didn't make it any better so yeah, who are you hiring? Who who is the second experienced, successful GM that doesn't have a job? Bob Ganey.
2: It, it won't be Stan Bowman. Just to let you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without everything under that happened with Stan Bowman. Well, yes, Stan Bowman. But does Stan Bowman speak French? I know his dad. Did Montreal. Everyone. I don't know if Bowman did. Yeah, but I don't
0: know if Bowman spoke for Stan Bowman. Speaks no, Spanish. no. He said doesn't matter about language, right? So No, he
1: never said that. He never said anything about language. He just said the best available. So okay. I guess, yeah, I guess, without saying it. Yeah, so Stan Bowman, but then again, you, yeah, you don't yeah, want not, that. It's not going to happen. We'll just I mean, keep language... this
0: one quiet between us. Wink, wink. Yeah,
1: uh, mm. I guess Logan Mayu would already have a job with Montreal, but uh...
0: steam photographer.
2: Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, yeah. you wow. went there.
1: <laughs> I went there. We're never know. gonna get Chantel Mcabee on the show, Blaine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> never. Um, back to <laughs> non-dark humor. Um, oh, yeah. So really, there's no one, and, and that's I mean, again why. That's I my point. point. That's why I point to people hmm. like. Uh, Brian Eller's dad uh, aka Eller's dad he makes good he makes a good question puts it out there he provides excellent back and forth it's it's mature it's respectful uh, he's respectful and it's like two adults talking over a beer or in his case a dab and you don't have this stupid internet trolling bullshit with him as opposed to that kind of crap where, you know, oh, I'm going to question everything you say. And when you, when you press me for an answer, I'm going to just say, well, it's yeah. not my job.
1: Yeah. Have yeah. Scott. That's who it was. And basically he, he said, yeah, whatever the fact that Breer and Darsha, GM is embarrassing can't imagine company worth a billion dollars at someone with zero experience. So that's what he, that was his big thing was zero experience, which is wrong to begin with. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he wants someone with a success, successful NHL resume. So I said, and that's when I chimed in and said, you they hired Gordon. You mean like Gordon? Well, why I not have two people? Sure, if you're going to ask that question, at least come like Eller's dad did with, this is my experience and this is what I think. And this is where my thoughts come from. Then you can have a normal discussion. This guy's just like, ah, you know, I don't like he. Well, what about this guy? I still don't like he. You know what I mean? And then and there's no casual. Well, who do you want? There. I don't care. And then when I said what this on GDM's out there, well, that's not my job to figure that out. Well, then why'd you bring up the fucking question?
0: Anyway, Paul O'Brien, Eller's dad. Much better. Great question there. Um, and we'll move on from that to something a little a little less angry. Um the development talk. So you had another Twitter interaction that I found interesting if you can bring that up we could talk uh, about that. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, it wasn't an interaction. I just quote tweeted at someone else's tweet.
0: No, oh, but there were there were questions and answers. There were questions and answers.
1: Yeah. Like all right, so uh, uh the Eagle dares put out a quote which you know where the quotes from. So yes. It, So he put out a quote. He put out a a video of uh, Mike Riley scoring a goal against Nashville, right? Uh, He goes, the day a player leaves us and does well somewhere else is the day we can debate our ability to develop players. Bergevin, okay? So what I think he's trying to prove from this video is that look at this player who played for Montreal and look how successful he's doing with his new team where he wasn't in Montreal.
0: And that's the Mike Riley play.
1: That's the Mike Riley goal that he's pretty much every national guy went to one side of the ice and he went to the other and came in and scored. It was actually, it's actually a pretty nice goal. Uh, Yeah. Everyone's watching the puck here and he comes in and no one, it's actually a nice goal. Um, uh, So from what I took from that was he's trying to say, uh Bergevin was wrong, right? You can now you can now debate their ability to develop players based on Mike Riley being successful in Boston. I tweeted, quote tweeted, Riley had already gone through development before he even came to the halves in Minnesota. So the halves did not develop Mike Riley, first no. of all. Uh I also wouldn't say he's any better somewhere else. Now, some other guys argue with me now that he is better. He's a third line D who cares. He's not going to break any barriers. If you think he's better, good for you. I don't, but whatever. Okay.
0: Yeah. He Um, showed up to Montreal as a third, a third pairing defenseman at best. And now he's still a third pairing defenseman.
1: Correct. And in Boston right now he's playing in all situations and there's injuries to Boston's blue line, and whatever this guy needs to be right. So, okay, buddy, you're right. Um, (laughs) I'm not arguing with idiots anymore. Uh, it's better just to agree. Um, but the point was the quote, as you said, because I didn't know this doesn't even come from. Uh, it comes from something different. It has nothing to do with development, doesn't it? Or it's uh... well,
0: it's about he, he was. It, it was a quote that came from uh, just after him losing someone on waivers or putting someone on waivers, and he said, "Well, you know, basically he said what he said," and it's about. Players leaving Montreal, he says. Well, we put him on waivers because we don't see anything out of this guy. Essentially, yeah. being any better than what he is. So when he does better after he leaves us, then we'll talk. Yes. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the thing. Now, there's a legitimate discussion to be made about development, and Mike Riley is not the guy. To and that be was the, the point of my tweet. Yeah,
1: and I tweeted, this is the wrong guy to use as a example of bad development by Montreal. You want to look at bad development by Montreal, look at Cotton Yemi, look at Galchenyuk, look at, uh, you know, they're not any more successful anywhere else. I mean,
0: Cotton probably will be in Carolina, but. Uh, he would be the one to point to if he starts correct. to do better, because Galchenyuk had seven teams before, after he left Montreal. Yeah, So he never, he never did much, but you can argue that his development was, he he was failed in his development because they didn't push his dad out of the way soon enough or uh, advocate loud enough or give him better chances
1: you, we no one was there no one knows what went on but i think there's a lot more to than just developing that went on with gelchenyak yeah um yeah. but it is an example of you know could they have done better
0: with this guy exactly and there's a legitimate discussion to be had about Montreal's development over the last few years. And this is why with Jeff Gordon now arriving, I am hopeful that they find someone who can really right the ship. I mean, Jeff Hood down in Laval is doing a decent job with the guys that are there. We see guys who are showing up now uh, who played under Bouchard last year and Hull this year, guys like uh, Harvey Pinard, He shows up. And he's playing the exact same way in the NHL that he did in the minors. And that's what we're seeing from all the guys that are called up. Vademo's the same. Paling. We're seeing it over and over and over again with these guys. That's the kind of development you want to see. Now, you could argue the development hasn't been good enough, but it needs to get better. And we're seeing a little bit of an improvement. A bigger argument could also be that they got a draft better to give the development coaches. better better specimens to work with because there's still stars.
2: Lately, they've been drafting better. Yeah. Obviously, you look at me, uh, and we've talked about him already on the show, that it it, it wasn't the right pick to make at the time, but you look at the skill of the player and the games that he's played so far, it's obviously a small sample size, but I think he's going to be – obviously, he's going to end up being a steal in the first round if he continues down the lane that he's going on right now. Obviously, that – controversy is going to continue to to um to follow him for his whole career but you look at the player and it was if you look just at the player it is in skill wise it was a good pick but that's the only way that's the only reason that you would say that but um with them having in the system they've got jordan harris that hopefully they can get him signed they have sean farrell um, they have Jaden Struble, etc. They've got some guys within the system. Um, Tuck's starting to heat up a little bit more. Jan Michak is heated up in Hamilton. They've got guys within their system, so
0: there's skill there. But there's whoever, no star who, power. There, there's not.
2: And, and, there, there's and, there's, and, there, there's not. But but whoever. Whoever takes the reins, if 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 it is the point that's going to continue on this path and be the head the head scout for taking over for Timmons, if he's the one that's going to be pulling the strings when Canadians uh, look into the draft this season, this is going to be a vital draft for them. Trade deadline's coming up; players are going to come and go. They're going to get more picks. Hopefully, we'll see them turn some of these second rounders, third rounders into multiple picks in round two, round and or, or round one. Um, this is the year to do it. So maybe this is the year we're going to see a few stars come out within the next few seasons.
1: And I'll just bring up: we they say we have no star power, and we've picked twice in the top five under Bergevin, and neither one of them turned out to be anything, really. Neither yeah. one of them did. That's true. So, so far, you know, no, no. I mean, Galchenyuk had potentially scored the thirty goals, Uh mind you, it was in a season that. No one cared. And he got lots of ice time because they were already losing. Um, um, But we can sit there and say, is Caulfield going to be a star? Could be. Uh, There's a lot of could be's. There's a lot of this guy has potential. That guy has potential, but we have no one who we can sit there and say, this is our legit number one line guy. There's no one that said, this guy's going to change a game for us. There's no one that besides Carey Price, who, is getting these you can't really mention price anymore because he's on his way out so
0: you um, could you could point to suzuki as a developmental win
1: but is suzuki going to be a first line center or a second line center that's my point i think he's going to be a first line center but even now you can debate it like i'm talking about a guy we have not drafted a guy and i don't know how since carrie price and even he was a reach at the time they drafted him. No one expected him to be. Uh, we haven't Pierre drafted a guy.
0: sure didn't think much of him.
1: No. We, we <laughs> never drafted a guy who we knew as soon as we drafted him, he's going to make a difference at some point.
2: Pat, you ready, maybe? Uh, no. No?
0: No? No. No one expected a, a winger pick 22 uh, to really, you know, become a, a – a seven-time 30-goal scorer.
1: But, uh, yeah, it's just we haven't – and we have a chance this year because we mentioned this earlier on other shows. The top three, I think, are interchangeable for the for top pick. Yeah, and One I want to get
0: to them in a minute. But, okay. but right. to stick on the development here, I think that um, if we could get the right staff in, we could see in the next couple of years someone like uh, Arwa, picked joshua picked in the fifth round who's starting to show some better things because he's had a little bit of time with uh with the canadians coaching staff and nutrition staff and training staff and he's changed the way he approaches the game he's uh you know and that's a guy that could end up becoming if he does make the nhl could become what gallagher gallagher was uh, a top six player who was picked in the fifth round that is the kind of thing you need to see. That's how you know your development's working. Is when you can take a diamond in the rough and actually polish it. Instead of saying it was great draft, we got all these diamonds in the rough, and then no diamonds come out of it. You that's want how Detroit won polish. their
1: cups in the nineties with uh, with by getting that with suit, suit in, uh, yeah. and other guys in the in the fourth and fifth rounds,
0: sixth. Those guys were sixth round picks. Yeah.
1: So that 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 uh, that's how that works.
0: We're seeing a bunch of seventh rounders making the NHL. I mean, Primo's a seventh rounder. Evans is a seventh rounder. Primo, the jury's still out on whether or not he's going to be an actual NHL starter. Evans is what he is, which is fine.
2: Harvey Penard was a seventh one? Or? Harvey Penard's a yeah. seventh
0: rounder. and he also become, look,
1: I'm going to be the devil's advocate here and say, but would have those guys made the NHL if they weren't in Montreal? I think so. I'm, I'm just playing devil's. I'm just I, I'm just throwing that question out there because we got Victor Mete who made Montreal because they needed a left-handed shot. If Victor Mete was on any other team, would he have hit the NHL
2: when he did? I don't know.
0: At the time, on most, probably on most,
2: I'm, on most teams, probably not. Hmm.
0: Yeah, but my point with the development is you've got these guys who were pegged to be at this level, and then the development team got to them and they they surpassed what was expected yes yeah that's the kind of development when you need to see a few times to say that you have a successful development program now on to the draft this year and this is something that we talked about off camera before we began recording and you alluded to it just now Craig. so why don't you get us going there
1: well Few people on the uh on Shane Wright played against Sudbury Wolves on TS, TSN, was it on or Sportsnet? Oh. On TSN. Yeah, they played against the Wolves on TSN. Oh, and uh, Blaine was in his glory, he was pinching, pitching a tent the whole game. So, uh, run with the pack. Um, anyway, it's so awful. <laughs> That's
2: almost as bad um, as go Leafs go.
0: <laughs> no, nothing's that bad. The Wolves, so anyway, have won, the Wolves have won a playoff series this uh, century.
1: Shane Wright didn't get any points, and was a minus three or something like that for the game. Uh, and apparently he was outplayed by Groziak.
0: By Quentin Musty and uh, Dave Goyette.
1: Goyette, yeah. So, uh, and some people put out, I won't name any names because this guy already thinks I hate him anyway, uh, but he's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, I know how much you hate him. I don't hate him at all, but horribly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he said this particular person doesn't think Shane Wright is a number should be the number one pick. Uh, and that's fine. And Montreal's in a position where they may not even get the number one pick. They could pick, if they finish last, they're guaranteed, what, third? I think they, they can only follow the three? Or yeah, four. I think three. All right. Uh, so they're going to get somewhere in the top four, let's just say. To me, Savoie, Cooley or Wright are interchangeable, in my opinion, first, second, or third. I think whether you pick one first, second, or third, you're going to get a, you're not going to get a, uh, there is no, what's the word? There's no generational talent, I don't think, in this draft. No. Uh, But you're going to get a top line player. I I truly believe that out of one of those three. And then we also discuss if they pick fourth, now you're looking at the two defensemen. Uh, Nimick and uh, you're a check. a check. Um, so I think Montreal's sitting pretty, pretty if they pick top five. However, we all know how Montreal did in the past with their top three, top five picks. Uh, it's just a matter of they're going to pick the right one. I, I I'm always bet BPA best player available. Montreal's last top five pick was position, was a position pick, not a best player available pick. And uh, I know this person who we, I'm not saying any names would not like me saying that either because he was high on Cotton Yemi. Some people have probably figured out who we're talking about, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I think Montreal's going kind to of good player, no matter where they pick. I don't think right is, I kind of agree. I don't think Wright is a de facto first round uh, first draft pick. Uh, I think he's going to go first just based on who he is and the hype around him. Um, but if he doesn't go first, I Cooley, I think Coolier Savoie could be pretty good first-round picks as well, or for top first-place picks as well.
0: Well, I don't know if it was a good idea to really shit all over
1: uh, I, again, right? For a bad yeah. game, it was one I game. Mean,
0: he he did not play great, but he wasn't the reason K- uh, Kingston lost. He was actually one of their better players. The whole team played like crap. I mean, here's a guy who hasn't played since the World Juniors. That was his first game back. So I don't know how much you expect out of him, but he generated some offensive chances. I mean, he skated well, he created, he, he did well physically along the boards, could have done better in the face off dot, you know, that kind of stuff. Sudbury just came off a big win the night before, and they were, they were rolling. Uh, and Goyette, who was in his first season in the OHL, because last year never happened. Um, he was a first round pick for Sudbury and he is expected to go in the second round in this draft. And I think he's making a case for himself to move up a little bit. Um, so at the top of the draft, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wright go one. I don't think it's a bad call if you have the first pick to pick him. Uh, but like you mentioned, there's other players. Cooley, I think would be a good pick. Um, if you fall a little bit further to say three or four, urasek would be a great pick the thing is like you said there's no there's no star power but there's you're probably looking at someone who can be a top pair or a first line guy in that top five and that's that's a real big need for the canadians either at right d which is what nemich and urasek are or at center which is what cooley or and Wright are
1: But like you said, and I agree, no matter who you pick, you're getting a bona fide first line or top pair player.
0: That's your expectation when you're picking one of those four guys. Yeah.
1: Whereas the other times Montreal's drafted, it was iffy. And right now, Montreal's system, every prospect they have are, you mentioned Suzuki earlier, but no one, you can't really look at anyone and say, that guy's a bona fide top line player.
0: Romanov might be able to get there but to me he's a second pairing guy but that's my point like you can't you can look
1: at roman and said he could be the guy you can look at ghoulie saying he could be a guy right you can look at mayu and say he could be a guy yep but you can't look at him go that is the guy that's going to be our future whatever
0: yeah you can't look at any one player and say this is a guy you build a team around
1: right right as edmonton has two Pittsburgh has a couple uh, Boston has a few you know what I mean like Boston has players they're I mean they're not prospects now but they had players that they could do that with
0: and the difference being uh, out of those teams that you named the ones who have been able to build a team around that do well Edmonton right. has not because they haven't really built the team around those right. star players uh, you look at the Rangers this year and the core of their team was put together by Gordon and that's a couple of star players, some he traded for, some he drafted, who were well surrounded. Now, granted, uh, Chris Jury, who took over, made some changes. And he added some some muscle, some some grit, and that's really helped that team. So that, but the pieces he brought in didn't uh, change the core. They just surrounded the core properly
1: and insulated. It, uh, yeah, lifted the core up. He did what. Bergevin should have did in 2017 with his core.
0: Exactly. Uh, in this case, the Canadians still need that core. I mean, you look, you look at the team and you, you're looking at a core. I mean, obviously, Price is your core guy, but he's 34, 35. If you're really looking at the core that you're going to build around, it's Suzuki, Romanov, Caulfield, and then nothing.
1: Well, I was just going to say, well, who's your what core do you have right now? Yeah. You, you really don't. <laughs> I mean, Suzuki and yeah. Romanov are only oh, right now to me. Suzuki and Romanov are only two that have shown that they're going to be bonafide top six, top four players. Yeah, nothing against Caulfield, and I know it's his, only his first year, and I'll defend him. I think coffee will be there. I think he'll be your scoring winger, but based on his play right now, you can't
0: say that. You can't really. If someone calls up and says, I'm going to give you, you know, a a first, you know, a first and blah, 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 a bunch of stuff that you need. And I want Ghoulie in return. No. You're not going to say no outright. You're going to listen to what they have to say. And you might move them. Depends on what the blah, 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 blah is. Exactly. (laughs) What there's, you can, you're not holding on to them no matter what. But you can say that about
1: any player on Montreal. Except, except Suzuki. I don't think they move Suzuki for anything. Or Romanov. I
0: think they love him. Yeah,
1: I th- I think you only move them if you're getting like a dry sidle back or a fucking whatever.
0: I a mean, guarantee I might be overshooting. in return.
1: A guarantee in return, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And I don't Matt, mean one you? for one, but before anyone loses their mind. <laughs> Matt? Yes. What
0: do you think?
2: In terms of Canadians or the upcoming draft?
0: The draft, the Canadians ramble on, brother.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say I would say Wright's gonna go number one. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw somebody like Coolier Savoie go two, three. Um, if a team needs defense, I would probably go with um that uh, that Niemek from um, Slovakia. Wherever Montreal selects, whether it be one, five, whatever, they need to make this they need to make this pick count. If they're gonna draft a guy saying that Best, play, you know, best player available. And if you're going to pick him, you want this guy to be a top defenseman, or you, or you want him to be a top center. Uh, this isn't a time to screw around. Um, I think the fans have had a really rough season, and I, I, I think if uh, if it happens that they do get the number one pick, they come up with Shane Wright, they need to develop him properly, and I think that's gonna it's gonna really show that if he's ready, if he's not, et cetera, what they're going to do with him? Do they just put him in the lineup because he's the, the, you know, the new, the new kid and he's the, the, you know, the next shiny thing, or do they, do they see how he looks in development camp and, and make the decision from there if he should stay or not?
0: I think in this draft, Shane Wright is the only one that I would say could step into the NHL next year.
2: He, he, very well, he, very, he very well could, but it, it shouldn't be a situation like if, if they're talking about how important development's going to be, if, yeah. it, if they deem that he's not, they can't just put him in just to fill a position. Okay, there, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's players available this year in terms of um, free agents. We might see the Canadians take a swing at one of them. You never know.
1: So here's All my right? question. We talked Jeff Gordon's doing this draft. In 2020, he picked Alex Lafreniere,
2: yep. who
1: at that time was the clear number one yep. pick. Yep. Yep. It hasn't turned out all that well for yet. Alex Lafreniere yet. He had 21 points and 56 last year, and so far 11 and 37 this year. However, he could have picked Tim Stutzel, who's having two excellent seasons, who, who's playing well with Ottawa. Um, Lucas Raymond. Who could be an all-star this year?
2: Lucas uh, Raymond was never was never in contention to go even top three.
1: No, I get that. He went right? so. But but what I'm just saying, like, because this is how everyone looks at a draft. They don't look at the draft as was at draft day. They look at the draft as is now based on what players have been doing since they were drafted. Yeah.
2: yeah. So this
1: is the mind, because this is how the casual or the normal player looks at person looks at things when they're looking at a draft. They're not going. Oh, Alex Lafreniere is a bust because Stutzel and Raymond and all these guys are playing better. Yeah, well, at the draft, like Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk at the draft was supposed to go top three. Yeah.
0: He's supposed to go number one. There was a top He could have went number, number one, but, but
1: he blew his knee out. And yeah.
0: Yakubov went number one. Lucas Raymond's having an excellent year and all, Uh, but the expectations on a Lucas Raymond are different than the ones on an Adeksi Defanyai, because the Rangers are actually fighting for first overall whereas Detroit is just playing for the shits and giggles of it so he's not expected to be uh to play defensively he's not expected to cover his man and create that offense that's that's the difference here
1: but and I'm but I'm just saying that's how people will look at this draft especially if LaFredye doesn't become the 60 to 80 80- doesn't become an 80-point scorer like everyone thought he would be. They said, well, look at Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond's scoring 70, 80 points. And he was. why didn't they pick him? They passed on him. What a terrible pick by Jeff Gordon. No, no, it wasn't. Because at the time, Lafreniere was supposed to be a sort of generational talent that was going to come to the New York Rangers.
0: It's like Nobody, same-
1: nobody was going to draft anyone but LaFrenier, number one, no matter who got the top pick.
0: That's like Nobody saying was. that the Canadians won the Pacharetti trade mm-hmm. because Tatar was scoring uh, was getting points at the same rate. Yeah, but Tatar never played a game in the playoffs. Like you, you see, you, the expectations, the what they're supposed to do to help a team win versus just putting up points This is the kind of stuff that you have to look at as well. Um, so, I don't know if LeFevreanya is ever going to hit seventy points. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a top six
1: player. He's going to be a top line boy. And and it's like Cole Caulfield. I think Cole Caulfield is going to be a 25 to 30 goal scorer in the NHL at some point.
0: And getting picked at 15, that's a win. That's a win. Now, I'm going to put a question out to you, and I'm going to start with you, Matt. Um, If the Canadians are able to pull off, say, one, maybe two more first round picks this year, do you think that the fans would look back at this year and say, "Well, the year sucked, but this is a a big win for us to have three first rounders
2: if they make those picks count, they don't reach absolutely i think I think a lot of people have already signed out from this season, and they and even Jake Allen the other day, one of the Canadians players when during his um press conference, he said. You know, it's time to get back to basics. Time to this, time to that, and it's and it's true. They need to start reevaluating what they've got, what they have in the system, and start, you know, restocking the shelves of some prospects and and, and really build on them. So if it happens that yes, they get a say top five pick, and then another pick somewhere between twenty and you know, they get another pick in the top say. 20 to 25 20 to 30 you gotta make them count it can't just be uh it can't just be a shot in the dark uh, a lot of people are saying that this is a this is a weak draft or this is this or this is that there's always skill there and that really comes with uh with strong scouting and i think that Montreal can do very well in this draft and if they don't then it's gonna i i think it's gonna push them back a couple years if they don't
1: I truly believe Gort gets a pick in the twenties. He's going to try to move up in the draft into the teens.
2: He could very well could. He could very well could. They're going to take some of those second round picks and and turn it into something.
1: And it all depends on how many first round picks they get at the deadline. Yeah, because I think they're going to make multiple moves.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. His mo is not to, you know, uh, play shotgun method in later rounds. He doesn't care Ooh. about those later round picks. He tends to focus at the top of the draft yep.
1: and they have a shit ton of picks in the later second and above so this just bergevin liked to, for some reason bergevin like to hoard second third round picks and i don't know why he never tried to get another first round pick ever i really don't,
0: I don't well i think he it. did try i don't think he was willing to pay the price that was asked anyway uh i think that does it for this episode uh we're we're past an hour already so uh final thoughts matt
2: uh, if people haven't seen it yet check out the vancouver canuck special edition jersey for they're going to wear for the lunar new year uh they're going to wear it february 1st uh, i think it looks fantastic it really does um Definitely check it out. I will put it on my, I'll put it on my Twitter feed. I'll put it on Instagram, etc. Um, it's definitely something worth um, looking at. It's uh, it's essentially the Orca for the uh, with the Year of the Tiger inside of it. I think it looks fantastic. It's only a warm up jersey though, so calm down, people. They're not going to wear it in the game. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. It's definitely something to definitely something to see.
0: Did their owner approve that? I mean, did Tyler Toffoli say yes? <laughs> I think he
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the tiger's on it tiger That's to right. foley should have been a little rawr, rawr, tiger to foley i'm going to go back to Blaine's. <laughs> it's
0: it's frightening to see a grown man do that i'm telling yeah. you
1: mm-hmm. i wouldn't fight you take your helmet <laughs> you got it i'll take my five minutes
0: <laughs> see just downright scary <laughs> Now, what about you, Treg? Any final thoughts?
1: Ah, uh, no, not really. We talked a lot about drafts and stuff like that. What Gordon's going to do? Let's just be patient. See who the GM is going to be when they uh, hire him. And uh, like I said before, I think there's going to be more than one hiring out of this whole pool of GMs. And uh, go from there. And let's just hope that the right people are put in position and the team improves. It's going to take a while, though.
0: So be patient. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be a short job. Uh, for me, I want to thank everyone for listening. I really appreciate the fact that you look to us as one of your sources for Canadians entertainment and some hockey talk. Uh, there's a ton of other great uh, podcasts out there like Locked On, uh, Canadians, Habia, or, uh Hour, uh, Eyes on the Prize. All of those shows, great shows. Check them out. Have a great time with them. There's some wonderful people out there to discuss with. Uh, focus on positivity in your timelines and social media, because remember, social media is not real life. So why would you, you don't accept it, you don't accept negativity in your real life. So why do it on social media where you can actually control the input that's coming to you. So try and stay positive out there. It's, I mean, yeah, Canadians suck this year, but we could still have fun with it. So again, thanks for listening. I hope that, uh, you continue to listen. You find us entertaining. Uh, if not, uh, blame Tregg. It's his fault. Don't we'll blame <laughs> Matt because he's the only reason we get people to watch us. That's true. I mean, I bring one person, my mom, but I don't think she really listens. Um, so I want to thank everyone for listening. And remember if you were talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products.